Welcome to the Talking Book Podcast. We are live from Johns Creek Bookstore in Johns Creek, Georgia tonight with Dory O'Neill, who's written Seriously, How I Went from a Hot Mess to a Daring Badass. Dory is from our neck of the woods here in Georgia in Roswell, and she is going to introduce herself. I'm Perry Patterson, and I write new adult romance. And my co-host for the Talking Book Podcast. I am MK Stavely, and I write cozy mysteries with a paranormal twist. And tonight we have Dory O'Neill with us. And Dory's book, again, seriously, how I went from hotness to a dairy badass. Dory, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit, maybe a fun fact or two about yourself and how you decided to write this memoir slash kind of like self-help maybe women's book. Okay, yeah, I'm Dory O'Neill. I am was born and raised in Georgia, so this is definitely my stomping ground. I um, decided to write the book because I wanted to help other women that were going through similar things that I was going through. I struggled with addiction through my 20s, my 30s, um, of all different types, alcohol being the top one, but there's still some, some different types of addictions. There's food addictions. There's all types of different things that go on, and I wanted to help other women. So I sat down to start writing the book, and it just sort of started coming together, and I was like, okay, well, here it is. And when I was trying to write a title, I was like, what am I, gonna, what am I going to do? I struggled with it. And one of the things I say in my house all the time, I guess my fun facts, I always say seriously. Like when someone, like my husband does something, I'm like, seriously? And that's sort of, <laughs> so if you see the, the front of the book, I'm kind of making the face seriously. And, um, and then just, yeah, it went from a hot mess to a daring badass. I love that. I love it. Um, we just we do have a few questions for you. If you okay, mind. sure. <laughs> um, one I was kind of curious about because I did read the book. Okay. Um, I love like the little exercises that you put in there. Uh, you have some meditation exercises and stuff like that. So I really um, I liked you know how you you know want to do that with other people. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, the question I had is like. Do you think that you have any market? Because I know a lot of people will have PTSD after certain things. Okay. Now, do you have any markings of that PTSD or anxiety like that, that these certain exercises help you with? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in my book, I, I talk about going through, well, first of all, my childhood, part of my childhood is around addiction, not addiction, I'm sorry, around um, abuse, physical abuse. My mother was physical, physically abused. So I did have a lot of that growing up and, and being scared and afraid and people pleaser started coming out. I think that that's one of the things where we find when we start digging into the world of self-improvement and self-help is that all of these different traits that served a purpose for us when we were children, when we get to be adults now become sort of a, an obstacle for us. And so people pleaser was a big one. And that's one of the things I try to work on and in the book when I'm doing some of the exercises is around trying to figure out, you know, what is it about you that that is a, maybe something that's a stumbling block for you. Um, and that's where a lot of addiction comes from, too, right, is to cover up some of these different different things. 
Okay. That's, that was one of the big things I was kind of wondering, but also while you were going, or how long have you been sober? October will be 10 years. That's all. That's a long time. That's a long time. Yes. Yes. So what I was wondering is like, have you ever felt like you were going to relapse within that? Verge of a relapse. Yes. I I, I will say like in the beginning, it was really scary. It was really, really scary. And, And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that it's an easy life. It, it definitely, I have to keep in the forefront of my mind all the time that it is something that I have to stay away from. I mean, I, there's, there, I cannot be delusional about it. I don't want to tempt fate. And I know how my personality is that if I were to have one drink, one cigarette, I quit smoking five years ago, anything like that, one cookie. <laughs> and I'm like over the edge. So, um, there were times where things got a little dicey. I went through a divorce in sobriety, and that was a really hard time for me. And um, I'll never forget one of the times I'm standing in the kitchen eating a cookie dipped in Nutella. Like I had a whole bag of cookies, and I'm dipping them, eating them. And he walked in and he said, What are you doing? And I said, Not drinking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was, it was my way, but at least yeah. it was a, it was a safer outlet for me. And, you know, as I've just continued to go down the road of sobriety of all different things and learning to work on those things I talked about before, like the people pleasing and and learning how to ways to kind of work around that work with it and improve, you know, who I am. It's, it sort of kind of helps to taper that off. Okay. That's, I'm glad you're, you know, still strong enough to do that. I mean, that, I'm sorry, that's huge. I mean, it takes a community it, too, though. Yes. I mean, you have to have probably have, a lot of people behind you. You do. You, you have to change a, a lot of, a, you know, as time went on with my drinking, the friends that I had during that time period eventually fell off anyway. They didn't want anything to do with me because I really, truly became a hot mess as I, you know, close, toward the end of my drinking career. Um, but they didn't want to be around me. So when I got sober, I they have a they have a saying that says you change your playmates and your playgrounds. And I had to definitely do that. I had to change who I was hanging out with. And that just sort of organically grew. So the majority of my friends, you know, today do not drink. My husband does not drink. And it's just sort of the sort of that um law of attraction too, right? Where you start attracting mm-hmm. the people in your life that are very similar to you. Right. That's just sort of the way And those that are going to be good for you yes yes you know that are going to be that positive reinforcement of what you want to keep yourself in yes you know and I'm a big believer too that if you want to become something or, or be you know something you model yourself after people you start surrounding yourself with people like you want to be with the characteristics that that you like and, and you would like to start you know learning from you start i want you know being an entrepreneur woman entrepreneur i start you know mingling with women that own their own businesses and it just sort of they just start becoming closer friends and um you just start to find you have more in common i totally agree with that definitely um now are you going to write more books self-help or would you ever dabble into the fiction? I totally admire you ladies for writing fiction. I don't know if I could do it. I, yeah. There is something, we, you know, the way that you can 
string everything together and put all of that together for me it was just pretty easy because it was here's my story here i am well one thing about your book uh dory is that it could read like fiction i mean just the things that you were doing in your past (laughs) with the relationships that you were having multiple at 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 one time which was um interesting you know to say the least, because that to me sounds like good fiction i mean obviously it was real life and in your case it was real life you you were carrying on multiple relationships with multiple men at the same time and, and it was you know for me i i was just like wow what is that how does that happen how do you do that but um and i know that was probably part of just this the um you're, you try to cover up other areas yes. of your life and, and everything, but definitely, it's definitely something a fiction writer would, would be interested in, in writing sure. about. I mean, I mean, you know, it's definitely worthy of that. Mm-hmm. I used I mean, to say it was like a lifetime movie. Yes. Well, that's exactly what it is. Movie, and yeah. I think there actually was a lifetime movie that was called that, but it, it does seem strange when I, when I look back on it now and look at who and what happened, it seems very, very strange. But at the time, it seemed so normal. Right. Because mm. that was your that it was was my life. Your life. Yeah. It was my life. And, and mm-hmm. even like my childhood, everything seemed normal. Mm-hmm. And so when Because you, that was your every day. It you was. Know? And then yeah. the abnormal becomes normal. And every everything that's abnormal, just that's... And then you look at people that are normal... And they seem boring. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, like, now if there is someone right now that's listening to us or watching us that is sort of not quite at their breaking point, what would you say to them right now? What type of advice or um, insight would you give that person? I would say it doesn't take getting to your breaking point, whatever, whatever it is. If it's a bad relationship, if it's an addiction, it's always there. there, You don't have to wait till you hit your rock bottom. If you feel like there's changes that you need to to make in your life, just explore what that looks like. Don't be afraid to at least explore. You don't have to commit to anything. Just take a chance and just do some research and see what else is out there. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of different options. Explore what those look like. See how they fit. And you never know. I mean, it may be something that that resonates with you and something that you can just give it a try. So I know you said you've been married two times before this. (laughs) (laughs) Lifetime movie. (laughs) But... Like, okay, your relationships before this, how would you compare the two, you know, before sober, now sober? Oh, okay. So this is, that's really good because I would say my first husband and my second husband were the same men with different names. They were very similar in their attributes. The, what I had to realize was the common denominator in the situation was me. Again, sort of similar to the law of attraction. I attracted what I felt about myself. Right. And so those types of men, and and I'm not slamming them. They've got their own path to go on. Um, But 
we had our struggles, but it was the person that I felt like I deserved at the time. When I started working, I got sober, started working on myself and, and finding out who I was and realizing that I deserved better. I attracted better. And my husband today is an amazing person who gets my sense of humor, which is the, our first date. We sat down and I realized it was easy. Now, marriage is not easy. No. But when you're in a relationship with someone that is of your, your equal or your, it was just, it was not complicated and it was really, really lovely. And he sat down and actually listened to me on our first date and, and listen to what I had to say. It was amazing. That's yeah. See, I love that. Interesting. Good. Now I know that you are a recovery coach. Mm -hmm. Um, you're also an inspirational speaker. Um, are you going to go as far as being as entrepreneurial as you can get with being a life coach? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Now, where do you typically do your speeches and like what type of setting do you do it in? I've actually right now have been just working on podcasts, a lot of different podcasts, but I'm working on getting into actual auditoriums, right. um, any type of engagement where I can talk to women. I'm, looking into doing some volunteer work. I really want to help women that are have been through similar situations that I've been in. Also teens. I don't know why, but teens are speaking to me so much because I, that's where a lot of my hurt. It's where self it hurt, starts from. Is my, that self, my self hurt. Yeah. You know, what happened to me when I was a child, I couldn't control. Right. But what I started doing to myself as a teenager, I could control. Right. And that's if I can go, if I could go backward and talk to that teenager and say, that was one of my questions. I <laughs> ask you, like, what would you tell your younger self now that you, you know, that now that you know, what would you say to her now? You're worth it. You are enough. Yeah. That is the, the big thing that I learned. You are enough and you don't need anyone else to validate who you are. And you can stand on your own two feet and that's all you need. You only need you. And I joke with my husband, what we always say, you know, everybody's, Oh, you know, does he complete you? I'm like, no, no, he doesn't complete me. I was already completed when I met him. He just adds to it. He is, he is the cream cheese icing <laughs> on, on my red. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I like that analogy. <laughs> I like that. So in your book, you talk about when you were little, and you enjoyed going to vacation Bible school. And you mentioned, you know, a certain craft, you know, that they were doing and, and how sweet the lady was, oh, you just do this. And it just, that's how you fix that, no problem. And it was, you know, because you had multiple names, your family was, you know, divorced, your mother. And so you had multiple names and you were wondering about filling in the the tree for the project that you were working on in vacation Bible school. but. Um, just going back to just the idea of vacation Bible school. Um, I taught vacation Bible school many, many years. Um, um, when I was, when I had younger kids and, um, but I was just wondering about, you know, um, one of the things that Andy Stanley says is be when you're in a dating relationship or thinking about a dating relationship to be the person you are looking for is looking for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he talks a lot about that. And so I was just curious as to, 
do you have you been to one of Andy? I mean, he has multiple mega churches in the Atlanta area, part of North Point Community uh, Church, but Woodstock Church, Buckhead Church, uh, Brownsbridge Church. There's multiple in the area, Athens Church, um, not only within Georgia, but also throughout the United States and other countries. It's a big platform. And then also Passion City with Louis Giglio. Um, have you been to either of those campuses? And what was your experience Um if you've been and what was your experience there? I have not, but I will tell you this. I went with mm-hmm. Charles Stanley mm-hmm. was running a church and we mm-hmm. actually came up here in a bus when I was younger and went to Charles Stanley um, and mm-hmm. listened, listened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I, a friend of mine actually listens to Andy Stanley and we were talking mm-hmm. about that same thing the other day about being showing up and being the person that you want to attract. A lot of people say, well, I have this list of all of these things they want in a partner. I want this, I want Mm -hmm. this, I want this. Well, what do you bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And I think if you can start looking at that list and and, Mm -hmm. and figuring that out, then you definitely, so I love that. And Mm -hmm. I definitely need to check that out. Yeah, well, definitely Charles Stanley's church in in Andy Stanley's church completely different completely different yes 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 yes, yes. one of them is geared toward the the person who may not do church or may not um have have had an experience in church and it's for anybody can walk in and feel completely comfortable Mm -hmm. at any of those campuses and same with passion city um with Louis giglio i think it's it's just the anybody can walk in and feel comfortable there um that experience so i was just curious about that if you had done that because as i'm reading through the book you go into talking about metaphysics and you're studying that and you're taking classes on that and so i was just trying to figure out how does that compare with with um your you know person well or your personal relationship with with god you know your personal one-on-one relationship how does that type of background or that study kind of intermingle with with you know that's a very good question okay that's a really good question because i did i I grew up southern baptist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um for me i had a very hard time with that especially when i got sober Mm -hmm. when i got sober it was very hard for me to even picture god at all because Mm -hmm. i felt like i had been abandoned by god Mm -hmm. because by the time that i walked you know i decided to get sober, I was pretty much soulless. Mm -hmm. I really felt like I was a shell of a person. So for me, the concept of God just in general was Mm -hmm. very hard. And I would go to church with my family on Mother's Day, the first couple of years into sobriety, and I would sit with my arms crossed and I would Mm -hmm. be angry. Mm -hmm. I was so angry. Mm -hmm. Um, But as time went on and I started learning that. Was it an anger that was within yourself? Were you angry at yourself and you couldn't figure out how to like not be angry with yourself? Was it kind of you're fighting with yourself almost? How how does that? I I think that that's exactly what it is. I think Mm -hmm. it was more of, it was an anger of what have I done with myself? What the years that I've wasted but it also kind of, I kind of balled everything up. And it was very hard to untangle all of the anger that I felt about what was what. And sitting in a church was very hard for me because it represented everything that I had been brought up to believe 
but it also had been intermingled with all of the pain that I right. felt. Like where was God when I was going through all of this? Right. You know, what, what I, but coming out of it, what I didn't realize yeah. it was God was there all along. He was there all along. And that's exactly why I survived the things that I survived because there was a reason and, and God was there protecting me the entire team the entire time. So, you know, it took, it took a couple of years. It was really hard. And there's a lot of people that when they're getting sober, it is very hard. There's some that get it just like that. And they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I can go back to whatever it was for me going back to my Southern Baptist roots was just not where I wanted. It, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me anymore. What resonated with me was that there was a God of my understanding and then I have a personal relationship with that may be a little different than what your personal relationship is. And that I can respect what your relationship is and I respect what my relationship is. And that my, you know, I was able to just start putting the fundamentals of it together. And then what the, where the metaphysics started coming in was that I started realizing that I could start seeing the beauty in everyone. And I could start seeing that we were all together and, and, and one one soul and one and so that's where the metaphysics started coming in i started learning about oneness and all of us being one creation and we all come from the same place mm-hmm. and so that's where that started coming in and it's it it was all came from god of my understanding and being able to put all of that together and then being able to put down the you know put the anger aside and just say, that's, I had, you know, I had to go through it. Yes. And within surrender, mm-hmm. once I finally surrendered to God and just said, okay. I'm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how do you want to use me? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. That so, was, that was the turning point. Mm-hmm. Now I know you have a master's degree in metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of research on metaphysical stuff for my last book. Um, because it has to do with astral projection, meditating, uh-huh. and that kind of thing. Um, is that a huge part of why you like that? Is Does it bring you that inner peace? Does it, meditation what does it do? Does. Meditation absolutely does. Uh-huh. Um, I Meditating and being able to find my center helps me so much with, with who I am. I'm a big practice. I practice yoga as well. So yoga for me is also another way that I can find my calmness and my centeredness. And for me, that is the closest I get to God. When I'm at, when my mind's chatter has stopped, Mm -hmm. I can start to listen. Mm -hmm. And, and there are times that things come and it's just a, Oh, okay. It's like the light bulb. <laughs> yeah, the light bulb goes on. And it's not necessarily a big flashing sign. Right, right. Yes. Like I want it to be sometimes. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what do I need? What do I need? What, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? And it just doesn't come like that. But at least when I'm I'm at, at rest and I'm at peace and I am like, there's nothing Clear else like worldly going on. I can feel what it what it's supposed to be like when I'm with God. That's awesome. So what is your next step in the process? You work full time, but you also (laughs) have written the book um, and you have an idea for a new book Mm -hmm. coming up and you're working with um, some some groups, some women um, doing some life coaching type things. Is... um, 
is there a program that you work with directly with life coaching or do you have your own program for life coaching or is there um, a nonprofit that you that you work with directly? Can you talk about a little bit about those things? Yep, absolutely. So I am actually in the process of getting my certification in hypnotherapy because I really believe that working with a subconscious mind is a way to do a lot of healing. Um, so I'll be adding that. I have an eight-week program that I'm putting together that is um, called the Badass Academy, and it's to help women to push through find their dreams that they left behind and really push through the fears that they have around going for their dreams and to find that, that self-esteem and the courage and, and to put aside all the negative self, self-talk. I think that that's so important. So those are the things that I'm working on. I actually am wanting to work with the Drake house. So I'll be okay, good. putting out, um, I met with someone um, last summer that works with the Drake house. So that's, next in my line of things to do is to start working awesome. with the Drake House. Awesome. I love that. That's yeah. And they're in Alpharetta, aren't they? They are. They're in Alpharetta, the Drake House. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the the book that you're interested in writing. Okay. Yeah. So this book, that seriously, um, is more of a memoir, like you said. It's sort mm-hmm. of a chronological, which I struggled with by the way, I really struggled with the chronological aspect of the book. I felt like it was, and sometimes it was choppy and I was just, I really struggled with that because what I wanted to write initially was a book that just tells you the things that I've learned and, and, and sharing stories around the different things that I learned, not necessarily in a chronological order, but I had to get this book. I wanted to get this book out so that um, I could share it and people could pick it up and read it and, and hopefully, you know, say if they have a problem, it's got options in there, places that you can check out um, you, and questionnaire and, and those types of things. So my next book definitely would be, here are the things that I've learned. You know, there's one thing in here about let your freak flag fly, which I love. I love that. My dog Nyla <laughs> is totally, is that. But, you know, the, one of the biggest things I've learned is, not to care what other people think about me. What you think about me is none of my business. It's one of the, so writing a book around those types of topics, I think is going to be really important. And um, I think that that's the next thing I have in me. I think that's important for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people put so much, especially nowadays, people put so much pressure on themselves to not only look a certain way, Mm -hmm. um, but there's so much on you know, we communicate so much via the internet and video and things like that, that people forget that everyone has flaws. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like I said the other day, I'm like, I'm sorry. We all have flaws. We all have wrinkles. We all have, you know, our, our own things that we're dealing with. Nobody is perfect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think a lot of people really need that kind of thing that um, you're talking about with the, um, uh, don't care what anybody else thinks of you. That's right. What I think of me, that's all that matters type of thing. You know that's what I'm it. saying? And it's not, it's not a, and it's not a way of just going, well, I'm going to go do whatever. It's not a carte blanche to do whatever it is you want to exactly. do. Exactly. But it is about being able to go, I'm okay. You know, and, and, and like you said, everybody has their flaws. Everybody has something within, you know, and if we can also see that in other people, yes, it makes you, more compassionate 
about what's going on with Absolutely. other people. Because you never know, you know, so many people um, like have gone through what you've gone through mm -hmm. and you would never know it to look at them. Yeah, I, I've had some people that yeah. have read the book and went, I, and people that have known me, that know me, really know me or like, I had no idea. No, my, my parents read it and they were like, I had no idea you were going through some of the things that you went through. Right. So I love that. <laughs> so what advice um, in closing, what advice would you give to anyone who might be um, just kind of struggling now? And if you had just, you know, a sentence to tell them and just say, you know, I would do this. And, you know, where can they reach out to you if they're, if they're, if they're looking for connection with you, let us know that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I do have a website. It's the real and it's the real because I finally found who the real Dory O was real Dory. And that was a, a hard thing. And I think for me, if I had to tell someone that was struggling, I would just say you're not alone. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we try to take on things all by ourselves and secrets love the dark and when you put a light on it it really opens up the it opens things up and once you open up about who you are and what you're looking for that's when people show up in your life that are there to help you and you never know you may be helping someone else as well absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely great advice great i advice. would definitely get her book i don't care if you're going through addiction um abuse anything I honestly, I don't have any of that in my life. Thank you, God. <laughs> I'm blessed. But you don't have to, to read her book. Um, it's pretty amazing just to kind of do the exercises and dig deep down in um, and really take a look at what's inside yourself. Thank you. So. And Dory's book is available on Amazon. Um, it is available tonight right here at John's Creek Books and Gifts. And Dory is going to be signing copies right here right now so we are going to let her do that and we are going to do some giveaways because we so for book recommendations um i am going to recommend karen white's the trad street series for anybody who likes charleston who likes historical houses maybe ghost stories i would definitely definitely recommend the Trad Street series by Karen White. Karen White has a new book coming out this week called The Shop on Royal Street. And I think some of the characters from the Trad Street series are going to be in The Shop on Royal Street. And we are going to head down to New Orleans tomorrow because Karen White is going to be doing a big book signing party down there at the bookshop in the Garden District. And so the talking book will be there. You'll want to make sure you follow us on Instagram because the stories on the talking book podcast on Instagram will be behind the scenes for the New Orleans trip. Very cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what you get. And, yeah. And the other book that I read recently was Verity by Colleen Hoover. And as you know, I have read five of Colleen Hoover's books recently. And I have to say, Verity, the ending of Verity kind of threw me off a little bit. I kind of like the story of Verity, 
but the ending, I'm not really sure about. I think the ending kind of just kind of just didn't do it for me. And I, out of the five Colleen Hoover books that I have read, Reminders of Him is still my number one favorite. My book club recently read a book called The Kept by James Scott, which is a debut novel by James Scott, The Kept. And I did not like that one at all. It started off fine, started off fine. But it just kind of grew into this very sad, depressing book. And the ending was even worse. And I, it just kind of ended. And there was no redemption. There was no clarification. And I read in the back of the book um, that James Scott spent eight years writing that book. That's what you told me. And, and I, I found that really well, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, so book club choice, the kept. No, 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 no. But there are a lot of people in the bookstore now, and we're about to do some giveaways. But what have you been reading that you really liked? Okay, I just finished. It's just sometimes you just need that easy, fun read that doesn't have a whole lot of to make you, you know, have to think too much. Um, it was called She's Just My Secretary. <laughs> It is a cute mom, and if you need something to cheer you up, you need a little boost, anything like that, definitely read this book. Um, also, I am reading something on Vela, which is a series which they do through Kindle. Um, a friend of mine, C.T. Ortega, he wrote uh, the, <laughs> the Adam and Eve Chronicles. Mm, interesting. And he does a lot of a lot with different religions and stuff like this. And he does sort of take it from how they had to leave Garden of Eden and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So it goes by episodes. Okay, so I'm on like probably the 14th episode or something like that, or maybe 10th episodes. But um, it's a really interesting take on it. It's sort of, a, it's a romance, obviously. <laughs> um, it's not what you would think it is. He gives you... Um, the background, like where certain names and stuff came from, like in the Bible and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's also okay. sort of um, brought into today's world a little bit. Right. Um, okay. It's just it's just an interesting read, and he does a lot with like um, fantasy um, type books and stuff like that. The warfare series that he writes, and I do have all of those, um, and I'm kind of looking forward to reading those. Okay. So, okay. and then I just, of course, read Dory's book. Yeah, seriously. I just read, seriously, yes. How I Went from a Hot Mess to a Dairy Bad yes. by Dory O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, we both read that one yeah. um, and just interviewed Dory. So um, book recommendations. Um, I am still going to go through and finish reading probably every Colleen Hoover book. Um, right now, like I said, Reminders of Him, him is my, my favorite. <laughs> um, and Group Therapy by B.B. Easton, her latest, was absolutely amazing. Absolutely loved That's that book. That one, loved it. <laughs> I also, it, I, I want I want to recommend All the Crimson Roses by me. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read anything by me, read All the Crimson Roses. Oh, okay, no. if you're going there, then I'm going with yeah, mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Killer Cat, Dies Races, those are both in the Ava St. Clair mystery series that I write. Yep. But there's a new one coming that is set around this area here in Georgia, Lake Lanier, which is totally haunted. And I can't wait for everyone to read that one who lives around here. So, Lying Lanier. Lying Lanier. Yes. By M.K. Stabley. Coming soon. 
All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening to the Talking Book Podcast. And I hope we gave you some really good insight on some books that you might want to read next. Happy reading. Thank you.